better than this. Guys being guys being guys being guys being, guys being dudes. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Pat's Interference. We're on to our second week of year six. It's technically week six of the college football season, but we all know that it really started and about two, three weeks ago. Yeah, when the SEC got underway, we got some good games this week. We had some good games last week. But, uh, but first, I'm going to welcome my fabulous, illustrious co-host, Patrick Norwood, uh, joining me as always. Hey, how are you? I'm great. Uh, Campbell pulled off one of the greatest uh, trick plays I've ever seen against Wake Forest last week. I, I know yeah, we're not like diving into the episode yet, but uh, if you haven't seen it, just Google it. They also lost 66-14, to 14, but man, did they make those 14 count. I mean, it made such an impression on you that that's what you led with uh, seven days later, almost. S- seven days. Almost seven days. Six mm. days. Everybody, Six thank days. you so much for listening. Uh, this is Pat's Interference. Uh, your favorite college football podcast. Uh, I'm Patrick Norwood. I'm sitting here with my best friend in the whole world. The whole world. Whole world. Uh, Patrick Brickman. Uh, we've been doing this for about six years now. About six years. Uh, but you can find us anywhere on social media. Although the only place we really are active is Twitter, which is probably not good. We should probably change that. Get our interns on it. Um, but you can follow us on Twitter at pi underscore podcast. You can find us on Facebook at pat. Posh VS Interference, that's Pat's Interference on Facebook. You can also go to our website at patsinterference.com to find all the latest news and blogs that we never do. Um, <laughs> really, we just we just kind of do an episode a week, and usually it's too late in the week to really get uh, that good of a listenership. Sure. Otherwise, we would be sure. billionaires. Otherwise, we would have so many ad deals. Um, we'd just be we'd be we we we'd be billionaires, but we're not. Well, it's a runaway train. We're in the year six of this. It's you know how long we've been doing this podcast? Six years. The year we started it, Maryland joined the Big Ten. I'm, just, I'm, on, I'm on the 2014 uh, FBS uh, Wikipedia page. Oh, I'm trying man. to remember the stuff that happened that year. Um, it was the year after Kick Six. Uh, actually, it might we might not have started, no, we started that season. We started 15, but this we started is, in 2015. That season, yes. Yeah, but remember we had like an off season, right? Yeah, you know, so it was kind of weird. So this is technically, I guess, year five, but whatever. It's riveting, riveting stuff to to start off our podcast with for the podcast, listeners. Podcasts are such a visual medium, and we're so good at that. Today's um, uh, today's podcast is, is sponsored by Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. Uh, thank you for sponsoring the podcast today. Uh, that's all the taste of Mountain Dew with zero sugars and zero calories. Can I tell you something that I should probably be more concerned about? Um, sure. I had a Mountain Dew, two. this was two weeks ago, for the first time since college, and uh, like my heart fluttered a little like not enough to like cause concern and send me to the hospital right but it definitely like kicked back on me a little bit you know you know how when you like start a car you start your car and it's been cold for a little bit and it kind of gives it like another rev like that's kind of what my heart did i immediately put the can down and walked away are you a little baby are you a little baby that can't drink mountain dews (laughs) i think i think the can is still sitting in the press box at durham bulls athletic park because i was just so scared i was like wow i used to drink these so much well I still, I, I'm on the zero sugar kick. You're on you know, zero I sugar. To, I switched to diet drinks a couple of years ago. So you're not going to have heart palpitations like I did off of my one sip of Mountain Dew. I mean, I'll still have a Mountain Dew regular if it put it's put in front of me. I don't want to hear that. I really don't want to hear that. All right, let's get into the games. People are tired of this. BYU covered again on thir- on a uh, Friday night, 45-14 over a decent uh, Louisiana Tech team. I kind of want to, is it bad that I kind of want to talk to you about BYU right now? 
Well, a lot of people are really digging this Zach Wilson guy at quarterback. He's I, now being I, I'm kind of a fan. Up. The people are talking about Heisman and first round pick, and McShay had this whole deal with them. And uh, I mean, he was 24, 26 with the 325 through the air. I mean, that's I mean, pretty that's, decent. Those aren't those aren't Mac Jones numbers, but they're pretty good. They're right up there, man. But they've had a good seat. I mean, they crushed Navy. Uh, they killed Troy, and a lot of people thought that Troy would keep that game close. And uh, and then Louisiana Tech, uh, you know, they beat them solidly as well. Uh, I could see this BYU team, honestly, running yeah. the table with that schedule they have if they keep playing like this. Uh, their toughest games are going to be at Houston, uh, if Houston ever gets to play this year. And then uh, they play Boise State at Boise. So other than that, I don't see a loss. Um, I'm trying to look up if Gunner Romney is related to uh, Mitt Romney. Let's see. Verdict. <laughs> They're distant relatives. Gunner Romney, uh, receiver for BYU. He's massive. Dude's huge. He had 101 receiving yards the other day. But, man, this BYU team is nothing to mess around with. Now, I'm interested to see if they're actually going to play this well against a big Power 5 school. Um, but they're kind of in that, like, Boise State range, right? Where you're you're like, dang, this team's pretty good. But are they actually that good? Because they're not really playing who they Here's should be playing. Here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. Would, sure. t- to, to, your, to your opinion, would BYU currently be the best team in the Big 12? Oh, yeah. yeah. I would give them that. But well, then again, there you go. They're, if they're, you're saying that, then you know that they can play against Power 5 teams. I wouldn't say they're the best because I can't really... I can't really tell against their competition, but the thing is they're blowing out everyone they're playing. At some point it doesn't matter that you're not playing the greatest competition because you're just killing everybody. And that's kind of what they're doing right now. Right. Yep. Um, but, and looking really good doing it with the, again, Zach Wilson, a lot of people are, are very high on him. He he's, he's sort of the come out of nowhere, uh, college football star of the year so far. He's that dude. He's that dude. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think, I think BYU is a force to be reckoned with. I'm excited to see them kind of progress throughout the season. I don't think they'll, I don't think they're enough to really uh, get in undefeated against a power five, one loss, or maybe even a two loss. Those two losses are really high, but, uh, you know, they're, they're definitely a force to be reckoned with. Uh, as I mentioned, Campbell lost to Wake Forest, uh, actually finishing their season. They went 0 four, but they had a good time doing it. They almost upset, uh, their first power five, uh, uh, or they almost had their first power five upset, I should say. Um, and their and their small FBS career, um, but or excuse me, not Power Five FBS. Whew. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there eventually. They almost had their first FBS upset against Georgia Southern. They just couldn't pull it off. But the Biting Camels, look out! That's Big South represent. <laughs> I let you kind of handle all the Big South stuff. Yeah, I'd say that's a good call. I don't think anybody should handle Big South stuff. But all right, let's move on. Um, do you want to do this by when the games took place in the day, or do we want to just go down the list one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten? I'm pretty sure we're both on the same ESPN page, so let's just uh, let's just do it as they pop up. Okay, so first off, we've got Clemson. I don't want to say taking care of Virginia because that makes it sound like that game wasn't as close as it actually was. Were you surprised by Virginia putting up as much of a fight as they did? Um, not particularly i mean virginia is a, a decent program um but it wasn't a i mean they still got pretty boat race there was never a doubt that the clemson was always and forever in control of that game and, and virginia wasn't really punching them you know though from what i saw i mean it wasn't really anything that any clemson fan would be concerned about they just you know i, I mean they third quarter, i wasn't surprised third quarter virginia is only down by 10 that surprised me 
I, like I, I'll say it. That surprised me. I don't, you know, I think Virginia's lost a lot of players from last year. They obviously lost a really, really talented quarterback. And uh, what was his name? Was it Bryce Perkins? I think that was his yep. name. Yeah, Bryce Perkins. I don't know why that sounded weird to me in my head, but yeah, that's right. Uh, Bryce Perkins, they lost him. Um, they had a it just kind of a weird off season where they lost a few people, but you know they were only down by ten kind of late in the third quarter. I don't think that Clemson. Uh, played their best game, obviously, or anything like that. I think they definitely had way more hiccups than they intended. I mean, your receiving leader, if you're Clemson, is Travis Etienne. Oh, he's so good. That should tell you everything you need to know about that game right there. He should be your rushing leader, not necessarily your receiving leader. But I digress. Travis Etienne is – I know they're going to give the Heisman to Trevor Lawrence. It should go to Etienne. I think well, I think Lawrence has got it wrapped up. I don't I don't know. Just such a weird. We talked about it last week. But it was such a weird, disjointed season. He's he's playing as good as you can ask for at quarterback. He was the favorite coming in, and he's just going to kind of garner all the points unless somebody just explodes or maybe Clemson drops a game or two. I, I don't see that happening. I think it's just sort of a. Well, I mean, here's the thing: you don't really get a good pass game unless you can open like up a the formality. Run game. Like, almost a formality of a Heisman. Like, back maybe when Marcus Mariota won it, and there was really nobody that went up against him. That's a good call. I remember we said the same thing about Tua a couple years ago, though. Right, and then he got hurt. Like Um, I said, barring anything unforeseen. Yeah. Uh, Texas saying Clemson should not be worried. I want to wrap up that conversation. Etienne should still win the Heisman because you can't pass unless you can open up the run game. And boy, does he open up the run game. Alabama and Texas A&M next game, we'll talk about Alabama. Um goes up top 52-24. Mac Jones with a great game, 435 yards. Uh, did throw a pick, but it got tipped at the line. Uh, Brian Robinson uh, leading Alabama with 60 yards, which is kind of surprising, right? That's not something that we're really used to at Alabama with Najee Harris over there. Najee Harris still had a great game. Um, it's just that run game in Alabama is kind of struggling right now, Brick. Uh, do you think? Do you expect that to sort of open up as the season goes along? I know Saban said yesterday in a presser that uh, teams have started running different sort of blitz packages and stunts and um, delayed blitzes and everything like that uh, that's kind of throwing off um, the run game. But is it something that you should you think Alabama fans should be worried about right now, or do you think these – kinks are going to get worked out as the season progresses uh, I think there should be a slight worry uh, uh, if it weren't for Mac Jones completing three deep touchdowns you know if, if two of those even hadn't been completed on those long third downs there would be a lot of uh, uh, concern in, in, in Alabama right now I mean those deep balls saved what was really a pretty poor rushing performance they have not run the ball well in their first two games um, haven't opened up a lot of room I mean Najee makes you know three yards happen at the drop of a hat, but it's, it's, there's, there's a little bit of concern with the run game. A lot of the offensive linemen, Landon Dickerson, you know, uh, on a Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, said that it has to be better. Um, and, and against some good secondaries, if you want to play a Clemson later, if you want to play some good secondaries and you're going to play Georgia in a couple weeks, like you can't just rely on Mac Jones completing 87 yard passes. You're going to have to open it up because they're going to get after him a lot faster. It's not going to be as easy as it's been the first couple weeks. Sure. Yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that. Other side of the ball, Texas A&M at one point had tied this game. Um, I know that was that was a little shocking to Alabama fans, but um, you know, just never really. Once they tied the game, uh, just never really got the offense going. Had that big drop pass right before halftime, and then after that, it was just all Alabama the rest of the way. Um, they did have a, a late touchdown and I think a field goal in the third quarter, but that was it for yeah. second half scoring for them. 
Um, they still put up 450 yards. Uh, they controlled time of possession, um, you know, controlled first downs, although with as many uh, deep balls as uh, Alabama had, they probably didn't need that many first downs. So it was, you know, it was not a terrible game for Texas A&M, but they definitely can play better, and you should definitely expect more from a guy like Kellen Mond. Uh, I mean, you know me. I've never been a big Kellen Mond guy. Um, and even when A&M tied that game up, you know, it was early second quarter. Uh, they got the first touchdown on what was a, a pretty good scripted drive. The next one, you know, Mac Jones had the tipped ball interception. Um, wasn't necessarily his fault. He was looking to dump it off to Najee Harris and the defensive lineman made, made a good play. And then they just scored on the next play. Somebody missed an assignment and the tight end hit the seam. But nobody even really thought in that moment, at least in the stadium, uh, that A&M was gonna, actually going to keep that up. It was just sort of like, oh, you know, all right, it's tied for a little while. But Yeah, sure. Sure, Defensively, sure. Alabama does have some stuff to patch up, um, but I feel like they're mostly fine. You know, there's just some, they always have, sort of have the early early season stuff to clean up. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think, you know, I think as Alabama plays some of these teams like Texas A&M, uh, they've got a game against a very uh, high-octane offense in Ole Miss this week. I think those defensive kinks will sort of get sorted out, but... Only time will tell. Number three, Florida taking on South Carolina. Uh, 38-24. Kyle Trask, not as good of a week as he had the week prior, but Florida's still looking like they're rolling on in the SEC East. That seat getting ever warmer for our friend Will Muschamp. Oh, he's yeah. toast. Down Will Muschamp's toast. Columbia. Yeah, it's not, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Uh, great value. Steven Garcia did not look like real Steven Garcia, and that's a shame for South Carolina fans everywhere. Uh, but... You know, Florida really, again, it was kind of a game where they just kind of controlled at halftime uh, or after halftime. Uh, you know, South Carolina only scoring 10 points after this in the second half. Um, you know, and Kyle Trask, again, not a, a great game, not his best game as he had last week, but he was 21 for 29 for 268 and four touchdowns. Had a pretty bad interception, but those things are going to happen. That Florida team is, uh, is, is looking like they're really going to compete for the East Brick. Yeah, it, I mean, it looks like a collision course between Florida and Georgia. I'm, I still lean Georgia to this point. Uh, a lot of people, though, pick Florida. A lot of big, a lot of big guy, you know, big time college football analysts pick Florida. Um, that'll be that'll be fun to see. I want. I, I'm going to look up right now uh, what week they play each other, and and that's going to be one of the games of the year. They play each other in four weeks from from now. Uh, four, four games weeks. from now, they're they're going to play. So. So in two that'll be one of the games of the year, man. In two games, Georgia plays Alabama, and then in four games, they play Florida. That's that's going to be a tough turnaround. Uh, speaking of Georgia, oh buddy, twenty-seven to six, Georgia wins over Auburn uh, in the South's oldest rivalry. You've got Stetson Bennett going for 240 yards. Interesting to me that JT Daniels was not seen. I think we said on the podcast last week that he should be back, and then I don't even think I saw him in the broadcast at all. He, yeah, was, he was cleared. He was cleared just, to play, but apparently you've got more of a stronger Georgia first name, last name quarterback in Stetson Bennett the fourth, and they decided to go that route. <laughs> I think the decision there was probably all right. He's cleared, and if Bennett comes out and struggles, and Mathis comes out and struggles, then we go to Daniels, and hopefully he wins the job. But the fact of the matter was is that Georgia was was up, you know, twenty four to three in this game like that, and. Really, there was never. I mean, they controlled the game from from kickoff to to final tick. It was Auburn didn't even put up a fight. They didn't even put up a whimper in this game. Uh, I know that Georgia didn't score any touchdowns in the second half, 
they were very conservative. They knew they had the game in the bag. And, and I think at that point kind of started holding back some of their offense. Because you know that they've got Bama in two weeks. So they didn't want to show anymore. They didn't right. need to show anymore. And I right. think they just went super conservative in the second half. Kind of played around with Auburn. Burned a lot of clock. Um, and th- I mean, I think that, that Georgia could have won this game 42-6 if they wanted yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Uh, that Auburn team looked anemic. They looked absolutely sick on offense. Uh, Bo Nix uh, looked extremely frustrated all night with his receivers and his offensive line. Gus Malzahn looked completely lost and outmatched by Georgia. Um, it, it looked like they just got drug the entire game. Um, it's not. I mean, what did I say? I said if they can op- if they can get the run game going, I thought they were going to beat Georgia. But thirty nine yards rushing is not. That's not going to do it. it. That's, That's not, not going to do it. it. You know what else Less isn't going to do it? To carry. You know what else isn't going to do it when you've got the ball at the two yard line down twenty four nothing and you decide to kick a field goal and you kick a field goal against Georgia at Georgia. That's that's just classic like Gus Malzahn uh, people. It's just you know it's it, it, he's such a strange ride to have as your head coach. That Gus bus, you know, because last year he beats Bama and and everybody's back on, and then and it's like a roller coaster, man. And then this year looks like it's it's gonna be, you know, sort of a tough year for Auburn. You know, they they, they still got to play LSU, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Bama, A and M. That's all. Those are just to end their season. Those are their five straight games to end the year. They yep. got Arkansas this week, South Carolina, Ole Miss. All three of those could be wins, but you don't feel as confident as you did. But Brick Gus Malzahn is so funny on Twitter. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to have that as a head coach? All right, break. Next game we had uh, Texas hosting TCU. Didn't exactly go the way that uh, that Texas wanted, losing thirty three for thirty or losing thirty three to two thirty one. Uh, Sam Ellinger uh, looked more like Sam Darnold than he did Sam Ellinger, buddy. Wow, just going right after Sam Darnold. I'll go after Sam Darnold all day. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've got a lot of opinions on Sam Darnold in the NFL, but. Um... No, you know, no, Texas, it's looking really, really doubtful for the Big 12 right now, you know, as far as getting a representative in the playoff. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma losing on the same week is is a huge stain on that conference. Right. There are basically two contenders left. You've right. got Texas, if they run the table, and this if is they a big run the if, table. because I'm about, to go, I'm about to go in on the Longhorns, but go if in. they ran the table... I think the luster of this two-point loss would have already worn off, and I think a one-loss Texas could get in with the wins they'd have to have. And you've got Oklahoma State. They're ranked 10. They haven't looked like world beaters, but if they went undefeated, they would have to be considered. They don't have the the pedigree and the the blue blood status of Texas uh, that the the voters are going to want to put in, you know, that that sort of unspoken bias that Texas is going to have. But it's looking slim because those resumes are not going to stack up as well against the SEC resumes and the Big Ten resumes when they come back and right stuff like that. Um, here's the problem with Texas, right? Here's my thing with Texas. Go is, in. I, I'm tired of acting like every time Texas loses, we, we, we talk about it like it's a big upset. I know they were ranked nine, but Texas is always overrated the start of the season, and they do this every year. And Tom Herman, first of all, has never started 3-0 and at Texas in the whole never. time he's been there. Never been 3-0. and So they're always overrated, and they lose to a team like TCU early in the season, and they always look like the least talented team on the field doing it. Yes. It doesn't look like, you know, when, when uh, 
North Carolina almost beat Clemson last year, and and, and it was just uh, Clemson sleepwalked and almost got caught. I mean, no, Texas always looks worse than the team they played every time they lose. Right. They're just not. They're just a mediocre program right now. They just are. They are, and I don't really know what the strategy is to fix it because it's not like Tom Herman was really a bad hire. Um, and I, I don't really know who they would go out and get right now unless it was like an Urban Meyer that would really turn that program around and put more fire into them than they had with Tom Herman. But you got to do something. Cause yeah, they, I mean, I, I, when they fired, or sorry, when they hired Herman, he was he was the darling of. I mean. There's not a guy out there right now that's like that, and um, you know, there's not a Scott Fr- Scott Frost was in that same class. There's not. It's just where they are. I don't know. I mean, they're getting out recruited in their state by Jimbo, and we see what Jimbo's doing, and he's sort of treading water in the SEC. But at least he's taking all the good players from Texas. I don't know what the answer at Texas is. I don't know if a new coach is going to do anything. Yeah. There's, Sort of a middling program. I mean, they could win ten games in a year if they got hot, but that, that I feel like their ceiling is ten and three. I don't feel like their ceiling is playoff, and I think more realistically, they're more of an eight and four team, a seven and five team year in and year out. Well, and you're about to lose Sam Ellinger too. You're mm-hmm. about to lose the guy who is the glue to that program for the last two years. Now, um, the good news for for ten, uh, Texas is is they do have I forget who their backup is, the guy that's supposed to replace Ellinger, but he was a big recruit, and then they do have. Um, the number one, yeah, yes. Number one quarterback, not this year's class. So we won't be on the team next year, but in two years they're going to have, you know, the guy, the big guy. That That's, you know, if Herman can't win with him, he's done at Texas kind of guy. If he even gets that long. If he gets that long. Yeah, and that's a huge, that's a huge if. That's a huge if. Uh, okay, moving on. Let's see. Any other big upsets? Tulsa over UCF. Uh, no, I said big upsets teams that uh, are big and matter. That's what I meant more by big upsets. I'm sorry, you called your stadium the bounce house. You were bound to lose, but to Tulsa, the bounce house. God, you you. The bounce house is you, pretty rough. That's pretty. That's you stupid, stupid little men. You stupid idiot. I hope it was worth it, UCF. I really, really hope it was. You got beat by Tulsa. Tulsa. Hey, um. By the way, because uh, I can tell you kind of want to skip over that game. Um, you you know you live you live in Tar Heel country. What what is the feeling in Tar Heel country uh, with a twenty six twenty two win over Boston College? What what are, what are your what are your people that you work with kind of saying about? I know you've heard some stuff. Oh yeah, so there's two camps. There's the the people that aren't delusional that are like, okay, that was really bad. Maybe we're a little overrated. And then there's the people that are convinced that because North Carolina is such a hot commodity, high profile program, uh, they were just, that was, you know, that was a trap game, right? Uh, And then that, there's also a camp that's like, yeah, that game's always weird at BC, which that one I understand, right? It's like Alabama going into Starkville. Some Mm -hmm. years they just lay waste to them. Some years it's a four point win and you got to do it with Jalen Hurts in the last two minutes of the game. Uh, that one I understand. I also understand the people who think they may be overrated. The people I don't understand are the people that think that this was a trap game for North Carolina. Um, I don't think that was the case. I, I think North Carolina may be a little, a little overrated. I, I want to give them more of a benefit of the doubt than a, than one game, right? Sure. I, I, I want to see what they do against Virginia Tech this weekend. Yeah, um, they got Virginia. So I wanted to ask you this as well. All right, so... Uh, and and there is there is there is a potential that they sleep sleepwalked a little bit because their game the week before got canceled and and stuff sure. like that and whatever. Sure. But all but, right, so they got Virginia Tech on the schedule. 
Yes. Uh, I'm going to read out the notable teams. Virginia Tech, I'm going to leave out FSU on there. I'm going to leave out NC State. They got at Virginia, at Duke, that's a rivalry. They still got Notre Dame and Miami. What's the over-under for losses there? Uh, I'm going to put it at three. You're I guess, it. I guess I'm going to put it at two and a half. You're putting it at two and a half losses? Yes. Because Notre Dame and Miami look like losses. But right, I'm not going to say Notre Dame. Um, and I'm going to wait to see how Miami plays against Clemson. But uh, this is just on paper. This isn't me making a statement about North Carolina. Yeah, Those are just yeah. two teams that are ranked higher. I, I just feel really conflicted about them right now. I, I want more source data. I really thought I was going to get it this week with a dominant win at BC, and they just didn't give it to me at all. Um, now, that being said, if they come out and destroy you know, uh, Virginia tech, then I feel way differently. Right. And I feel like, Oh, they're back. Everything's great. Um, but if they come out and struggle or get beat, which I think is a high possibility in this game. Uh, yeah, no, sorry, but it was all for naught. Is it, is it going too far for me to say that? All right. Maybe the people that thought that they were a top 10 playoff contender were at at, at uh, worst a year early. And they're more of a top 20, top 15, three loss kind of team. That's I, I, sort of the I way I feel that. about North Carolina. I could de- I could definitely see that. I think I feel uh, like next year they've got a great recruiting class. They're going to have Sam Howell back for a third season. They'll be playing in an ACC that does not have Trevor Lawrence in it. Um, that to me feels more like the year to garner a lot of hype for North Carolina if they live up to it. We'll see. I mean, it happens. It doesn't happen. That felt like more of the year to me than I know they were be- supposed to be better this year, and I have no right. problem with them being a top twenty team. I don't see a top ten team in North Carolina this year. Uh, I I don't either. I don't either. I also don't see one in Miami. Um, oh, but, yeah, I don't believe one in Miami either. But but uh, again, here they are, and uh, to North Carolina's credit, like we said, they did have a game get completely canceled, mm-hmm. right? So it's you know. It's a little give and take. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give North Carolina one more week before I make a definitive decision about them. I'm feeling way less confident about confident about them and Sam Howell. If I'm being honest, Sam Howell did not look great. You know, he's he was touted this preseason as being one of the guys, and 14 for 26 uh, with two touchdowns and a pick and a bad pick at that against Boston College. That's eh, not doing it for me. I'm not really feeling that. Um, I'll give it a week. North Carolina got the win. If they win out, you know, a win's a win, and it doesn't matter. They don't ask how. They ask how many. But I would not be feeling too confident if I were a Tar Heel right now. Uh, that's tough for me to say because I'm in Tar Heel country, and we've got a few friends of the podcast that are big Tar Heels. But, oh, God, I don't really like putting well, them. Well, you know, I hope I didn't make them mad with what I just said. But I feel like they're a top tw- – and here's the thing about that. The top ten is so weird right now because – there are so many teams that haven't played a game that would, I mean, Oregon would be a top 10 team and Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan, not Michigan, sorry, I cannot believe I almost said them. But you know what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I like where your head's at with next year is the year they need to go off, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I would think that Howell would be the ACC Offensive Player of the Year favorite coming into the year and, and, and they should if, have. Yes. Year if, three is with, with a new coach or a successful new coach, a coach that's always the year that they are supposed to really explode onto the scene. And I, I think I think really highly of 2021 North Carolina, and I'm you know cautiously optimistic about 2020 North Carolina. Yeah, I, I agree. I think your head's right there. I think to best relate it 
to them in terms that you and I are used to. This is their 2008 Alabama season. Sure. Right? Where if they are going to go off, it's not going to be 2008. 2008 will be a great year that they'll look back very fondly on, but there will be one trip up that really kind of kills their season. Uh, and then next year could be their year. I, I really so agree so with basically you there. so so basically what you're saying to all your Durham people is that North Carolina will win the Natty next year and then go on to win four more. That's a guarantee. That's exactly what you're saying that's, to them. That's a guarantee. Yes, Mac Brown will continue coaching well into his 90s. And I just want to guarantee. put that out there that you said that. I did say and that. And they can quote you on that now. On on Thursday, October 8th, Patrick Norwood said Tar Heels 2021 national champs. Are the new Bama. For sure. They're back. Cool. Um, South Florida at Cincinnati. As I, I'm going to be honest, I did not watch a single snap of this game. 28-7. Uh, I like Cincinnati, though. I like that offense a lot this year. From the games that I have seen and the highlights that I've seen, they really look like they're clicking. They were good last year. I think they can be even better this year, but... Only time will tell. My mom still thinks that Cincinnati's logo looks like the Chick-fil-A logo. I kind of see it. Uh, that's She loves saying that. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. Friend of the podcast, Shannon Norwood, by the way. Shout out. Uh, Mississippi State. Hey, you remember that time the Mississippi State beat LSU? This is, hey, it's, it, this, is, this is the Mike Leach experience. This is something else, isn't it? It's, it's almost like he just took Washington State colors and everything, just smacked a big old limb up there and was like, here we go, boys. Let me tell you, Arkansas has not won an SEC game in two years going into this game. Then they go into Starkville, and they beat the team that just beat the reigning national champions. And we were talking earlier in the week, and I had, I, I, I had told you that if you had given me an SEC game that I was for sure confident about the winner, I would have said Mississippi State over Arkansas. Then you said, I don't know, LSU over Vanderbilt. And then I went, and I agreed with you, but I actually might back off of that. Honestly, well, I mean, Arkansas this- has not looked competitive in an SEC game in two years. And they've got this new first-year head coach and Felipe Franks at quarterback. And Mississippi State just put up 600 passing yards against LSU. I, 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 and they were at home. I don't know, man. I might have gone Mississippi. It's to the point, the overarching point here, not to get into too much of the semantics of that, but just I was so – I would have bet the house on Mississippi State in this game. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I think a lot of people did. And one thing that can be said about this, too, is Arkansas is starting to put it together a little bit. You know, there's it, it's not just dead in the water like it was at the beginning of the year or last year. Oh, yeah. Um, I, did you see Gus Malzahn just dunk all over, uh, what's his OC's name, Chad Morris? That's yeah. right, right? Did you see that? Did you see what he said? I didn't know. What did he say? So he said that uh, they were talking about Arkansas because that's who Auburn plays this week, right? Yes. So they were talking about Arkansas and he was like, yeah, they've got, you know, they've got a coach in there now. He's just, I think he just fits better with the program. He's doing a little bit of a better job than they had previously. Ooh. <laughs> Chad Morris, dude, that's, that was Arkansas's coach, man. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a slip of the doing? tongue there. God, Gus is so dumb. But Hey, his Twitter account is super silly. Um, all right, let's move on. We've got, uh, Oklahoma state beating Kansas. No need to go over that. Oklahoma losing to Iowa State. Spencer Rattler, or Rattler, uh, threw for 300 yards. Uh, also looked terrible, and two weeks in a row, he's thrown game-sealing interceptions. Um, I'm not, I, I wasn't high on Spencer Rattler. I didn't really know if he was going to be, I figured he would just kind of fit into the offense, but after watching their first game, I was like, I'm not really sure he's the guy to do it. Now it seems as if, Oklahoma might have a 
a little problem on their hands because he was supposed to be the guy for the next two years. Um, Brick, what's going on with the Sooners, man? Now, I'll say this. I'm not ready to give up on the career of Spencer Rattler. It's Rattler. It's, it's, it's the growing pains you're going to have. It's a complex offense that has only been operated to this point by Heisman contending upperclassmen since Lincoln Riley got there. Lincoln mm. Riley hasn't dealt with an inexperienced redshirt freshman yet. You know? It, it, he hasn't been downright atrocious. He hasn't been uh, Nathan Peterman. But he's oh. been... He's, oh, my God. <laughs> all right. He's... He's he's he looked impressive in his first two games, and in the last two games he made plays and he threw picks and he made he made mistakes that Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield didn't make because they're all playing in the NFL right now and we're all mm. first or second round picks. Mm. Now he's got a redshirt freshman quarterback. He was a, he's a very talented guy, but you need when you have that if you want to compete for a national championship with a quarterback of that age and of that experience level, you need a defense. They can back it up when he makes the picks. They don't have that. They haven't had that, right? Oklahoma's gotten by with having an awful defense the last three years because they knew at worst their quarterback was going to go out there and operate the offense and and it, it, it you know and score forty five points and maybe punt the ball a couple times. You know, Jalen didn't throw a lot of picks. We know Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield didn't throw picks. Yeah, Spencer Rattler's going to throw some picks. He's a He's, redshirt freshman. Yes. He's a gunslinging quarterback. He's going to throw some. Yeah. I don't think I don't blame this on Rattler. A lot of people are quick to say that it's uh, Rattler's the issue. I say the issue is the fact that Lincoln Riley has not been able to commit to getting a good defense. Well, but, yeah, yeah, that's the problem. Their defense cannot tackle for anything, right? They the, can't. Their defense was absolutely atrocious on I'm Saturday sorry, night. but if you want to be a, a, taken seriously as a national title contender, you can't allow 37 points to Iowa State. No. No, you can't. You, you can't. can't do that. And they do it week in and week out. They allow 35 to KSU, 37 to IS, 38 to KSU. It's like, that's not national championship football. They got away with it again because Kyler Murray it could put up 56 against anybody. Yep. Rattler is going to be more of that 30 to 42 range. So you got to have a better defense behind them. You're right. You're right, and they don't. They don't, and I, I'm really genuinely starting to wonder if Lincoln Riley is about to call it quits in Norman. Um, I mean, if he does, it's because I, I do think that the NFL will try to sniff him out. Yeah, he's got to. He's yes. got. He's he's got to show more. I thought. I thought that the Cowboys were going to go after him. Honestly, last year. Um, I do too. I'll never understand why they didn't. If I'm being honest. Um. Uh, We'll see. I don't know. Maybe we'll see how many NFL head coaches get fired. It looks like there's going to be a lot this year. Uh, obviously, the offensive coordinator at Kansas City uh, for the Chiefs is going to get a look before a guy like Lincoln Riley. But, yeah, you know, they're never going to fire Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma, but they could have a... No, they could no, have no, no. A, they could, And I'm not saying that he's a worse head coach than, like, a Gus Malzahn, but they could be... What I'm saying is that Oklahoma might have to just kind of... I would hey if 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 I wasn't an Alabama grad and I was rooting for a team and and they had Lincoln Riley as a head coach I'd be pumped too, but his his college legacy is gonna be defined by if he can ever get a defense put together. Yeah, and I I just don't understand how Oklahoma and Texas keep coming out here with trash defenses. I don't know. I've never really understood like why conferences get these. I mean, I don't really understand the logistics that go into it. Like, why the Big 12 sort of is notorious for having bad defenses. Like, it doesn't feel like it would be that thing that would be 
something that you have to deal with for five. Remember when Auburn had an awful defense, right? And they had a terrible defense, but a pretty good offense in the early days of Gus Malzahn. I remember those days fondly, yes. Right, and then they couldn't stop anybody, but then they went and got Kevin Steele, and then Kevin Steele fixed everything, and then then now they turn into a team with a good defense and a sputtering offense. But my point is, I, I just, you're Oklahoma. Like, you should be able to put together a respectable defense in that conference. Yes. Yes, you should. Although I will say that uh, probably one of my favorite tweets, it's not funny, except that it is, was that uh, the Big 12 was not good against uh, coronavirus because they couldn't cover the spread. <laughs> but it's... Yeah. Uh, all right, LSU uh, goes down to Nashville and sorts itself out 41-7. to Miles Brennan with 337 yards. Still not the LSU of last year, but they looked better. Uh, keep in mind, it was Vanderbilt, Tennessee going up top on Missouri, 35-12. to Tennessee putting a little season together. No one cares, but they're trying. I still don't have them going well. Uh, I still don't have it going well against Georgia, so I'm just trying to speed this up. NC State upsets the Death Star. Uh, little does everyone realize, this is just how you charge the Death Star. You make it to the point where it's a trap game for Notre Dame or Miami, and then all of a sudden, it's exploding time, baby. And I'm I'm still I'm still riding high on Pitt, uh, upsetting Miami or Notre Dame. Okay, I, you're gonna I, still call that. I I don't know what Notre Dame is yet, and I could see one of those two because I'm still I still think Miami's a nine win team. They're not a thirteen win team this year. Now the I mean, funniest they, thing is gonna be when Miami upsets Clemson and then gets beat by thirty by Pitt. That's a uh, is that this week? Clemson, Miami? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's this week. That's right. Yes, that's that's this week. That's where game day is. Hey, can we talk about something right now, though? Can we talk about the best quarterback in the state of Texas? No, I'm ta- not talking about Kellen Mond. No, I'm not talking about a uh, Sam Ellinger. You got to be let's, talking about Shane Buchel, right? Let's let's talk about Shane Buchel a little bit, shall we? Shall sure. we? Shane Buchel, we, he threw for 474 yards and a great win against Memphis. Three-point win against Memphis. Super exciting game that I bet 10 people were watching that weren't named Patrick Norwood. Uh, you had uh, Shane Bouchelle. I mean, the entire game, I, I loved it. I, I As soon as I saw it come across on my TV, I was like, yes, I'm watching every single second of this game because there's going to be no defense and it's going to be a ton of fun. And that's exactly what happened. 30-27. Um, to 27. Uh, Shane has thrown for over 1,300 yards this year already. So true or false? Southern Methodist is the best team in Texas. Like on a neutral field, they would beat they would beat all the other Texas teams. I don't know about that. Their defense is pretty rough. It's pretty rough. I I think Texas A and M. No, I think TCU might be. No, I'll give it to Texas. I'll give the nod to Texas A and M right now. Best team in Texas. Um, Throw that up on a poll. Put those four teams when we're done and ask what the best team in Texas is. Look at you coming up with content for social media. Right. Look at us. Six years in. I put toward our social media in like three years. Six six years in, and 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 we're really 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 going for it. All right, break. That's the top twenty-five. Are there any other games? Oh, we didn't do our segment at the top. Rice at Marshall postponed. Troy at USA also postponed. Um, are, were there any other games you want to go over? Uh, Ole Miss Kentucky was an interesting one. Uh, Lane Kiffin got his first one. win. It went to overtime. Uh, missed extra point from Kentucky is what led to Lane Kiffin getting his first win. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was just it's sort of interesting to note. I don't know if you have many takeaways from it. I think Matt Corral, I'm sort of surprised that he became the guy in Ole Miss. I actually worked with an Ole Miss grad, and he he was telling me all offseason. Because remember, it was uh, um, 
John Reese Plumley was was the guy that was yes. the darling that everybody was talking about, and 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 uh, his you know Stephen is his name, and he kept saying, "No, I'm telling you right now, everybody's t-, you know Lane is way into this Matt Corral." You know, Matt Corral was a big recruit. He almost went to Florida as a fringe five-star, four-star guy, and he ended up at Ole Miss. But he's played well. He played well against Florida, and he play, he's played well against, you know, he had a very efficient game against Kentucky with only five incompletions. Only five incompletions, but that that was not a very pretty game if you're, if you're Ole Miss. But they're working out the kinks, and the offense is starting to look like a Lane Kiffin offense, which should scare the crap out of everybody. Sure, why not? You know, I'm not... Uh, what what's here's a discussion topic after two weeks we've seen two weeks of this now what situation is better Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin or Mississippi State with uh with Leach uh Ole Miss with Kiffin easily easily yeah and and I know I know that Leach and Mississippi State beat the defending national champion but how many times do we talk about how LSU is just not the same LSU that they were last year right Um, and remember a lot of their secondary is gone they had a lot of guys opt out and sure it's it's not like Leach came in with nothing either. KJ Costello is a great quarterback. It's not like Lane Kiffin came in with a KJ Costello. Right? I mean, he just didn't. So I, I right now I'd rather be an Ole Miss fan. Um, but I think they're both off to a really good start. I don't want that to go to the wayside. I know Mississippi State lost last week, but they're off to a pretty decent start. Oh, yeah. Both fan bases should be pretty pleasantly surprised with what they've seen. Yes. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. All right, since we're on the topic of Ole Miss, let's just go ahead and talk about the Bama Ole Miss game, shall we? Yeah, let's um, start off at, right off the, with that one. Right before we started podcasting, it was announced this game time had moved. It was 7.30, right? It's, uh, it, yeah, 7.30, 6.30 Central. Uh, it yeah. was supposed to be uh, two hour, an hour and a half before that. Yeah, it was supposed to be at 6. It's now at 7.30 or whatever, 5 and 6.30, wherever you may live. If you're on the Eastern time zone or God's time zone and the Central time zone, um, but what? So this game is on the road for Alabama. Where do you put their level of concern for a potential trap game and upset this week? Uh, I'm pretty low. I mean, I know that this is this. If there is one on the schedule, it's here. Ole Miss in the past has been a thorn in their side when they had Hugh Freeze. The sure. team could be looking ahead to you know. Obviously, they got Georgia at home. Uh, uh, the week after. Right. So I only say that because this is a traditional recipe for a trap game. Very rarely does Alabama fall for the trap games, unless it means they look sort of sluggish against the Citadel in week 13. Um, but if there is one on the schedule, it's this week. Uh, and yes. I think that that's something that Nick Saban is going to really be reminding his team of. Yes. Um, and I would not, I wouldn't be surprised to see them come out of the gate slow, but I don't think that they're going to just, they never sleepwalk for four quarters against teams like Ole Miss. Yeah. Well, and another thing to keep in mind too, is the weather is not going to be great. So Alabama has to establish the run this week. If there is a week where Alabama absolutely has to run the ball so far this season, it is this game against Ole Miss. And here's the, here's the, here's the thing about that. This is why you should feel good about this being the week that they, kind of start to do that because because uh, Ole Miss just gave up uh, 408 rushing yards to Kentucky. Yeah. Yes, you're right. You're right. So this is really a week for Alabama to get it going. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just pick this game. I'm going to take Alabama. Um, I don't think they cover. I think the line's 24 and a half. That seems a little steep for me in the rain. I will say Alabama by 17. I'll go 34 Absolutely. 17. Absolutely. The, the over-unders at 69 and a half absolutely take the under in this one. Yes. Yeah. Could, could not agree more. Could not agree more. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I'll take the under, but I'll take uh, Ole Miss covering the spread. All right. 
Um, um let's let's scroll back up same. here. Let's go back I'll do up the here. same. Um we've got uh Florida at Texas A and M. Um I chuckle because I'm not I don't I don't think Florida's gonna lose this game. Right? But if there if this were a normal season and this was just a college football Saturday, if there's a nooner SEC game that Florida loses, it's this one. It's it's just Kellen Mond goes off and throws for a million yards and Florida loses for no reason, even though they had a promising season going. But I don't think that's going to happen. There's no crowd pressure really uh, at Texas A&M now, which is the big draw to College Station. Um, I'm going to take Florida here. Uh, I'll say it'll be kind of like what we just talked about with Alabama. I think they start out slow, but I think Kyle Trask will eventually get it going uh, and, and they'll pull out the victory here. Yeah, I mean Florida's a six and a half point favorite. I would take I would take Florida with the points all day with this one. Okay, yeah. Uh, let's talk. All right, let's let's piss off our UNC friends some more. Um, hey, so Virginia Tech's coming into town. Um, Virginia Tech has been missing double digit number of players for two games in a row now. Yeah, and you can't tell. 45-24, and then 38-31 against Duke, which isn't great, but also that was kind of a late comeback against Duke, I believe. Um, you know, And I'm pretty sure Virginia Tech was missing their starting quarterback. Um, yes, because their quarterback was Burmeester, and their starter is Hendon Hooker. Um, I, uh, yeah. So is that... So here's the thing. They've looked good in all these absences, and, and there's two ways, there's two schools of thought here. It's Okay, so do they get instantly better because they get their guys back? Or is it they get their guys back against a top 10 team in North Carolina and that sort of disjointedness of the first three could be a negative? What, where are you in that two? What, what, I can't figure out Virginia Tech. I really can't. I can't either. I, I think that, uh, again, it all weighs on the, on the shoulders of Hendon Hooker, right? I mean, if he comes in and he throws two picks, I think you immediately sit him and go back to the backup that's won you two games in a row, right? Sure. Um, you know, you, you, you got to dance with the partner that brought you. But I think... Uh, I don't know. I'm going to take Virginia Tech. Uh, I'm going to take Virginia Tech to cover, but not necessarily to win. I think the spread's like six and a half right now, North Carolina. Um, if there's a week where Sam Howell needs to figure it out, it's this week. This this has to be the week where Sam Howell comes out and looks like the Sam Howell that everybody was uh, touting him to be um, at the beginning of the season. Um, but I just... I, ugh, this game's tough for me to pick. Um, you know, I, I think North Carolina having this game at home, while it doesn't really matter, will be nice for them because again, it's yeah. it's familiar. You know, people people want to talk about home field advantage doesn't matter right now. Of course it does. What are you talking about? You're playing at the place you're familiar. Humans do better when they're familiar in a place. Like, let me ask you something right now. You want to go to a concert with a million people uh, of a band that you don't necessarily like? Or do you want to listen to that same band at home on your stereo? Right? Like, it's it's a no-brainer. You're not going to go out and listen to it because then you're going to be around a huge crowd of people. You're going to be in a place that you don't know because it's unfamiliar. You're going to be uncomfortable. Sure. If you're playing a football game at home, you're going to be more comfortable. So I'm going to give North Carolina the win here. Uh, and if this is a big statement win, like I said, I'm ready to put them back in that conversation of they deserve to be a top 15 team. They're going to have a really good year, that sort of thing. If they get beaten this one, I, I think I just think there's a lot riding on North Carolina for this game. Uh, and had you asked me preseason if the Virginia Tech game was going to be a huge game for them, I would have said no, absolutely not. But here we are. 
Yeah, Virginia Tech had very little expectation. Here they are. They've they've overcome everything they've overcome in the first two weeks, and now you have to kind of start to look at them and go, okay, maybe they're turning a corner. Like I said, or it could just be that because now they've got some guys coming back that haven't played a game this year, and the coach has got to figure out, ah, man, do I play them? Do I not play them? What do I do? Right, right. For that reason only, I think think I might stick with North Carolina. I don't feel confident in that at all. Like everything in me wants to say Virginia Tech. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So I'm flip flopping here and and I oof, I guess I gotta make a call. Eh, whatever. We need to disagree more. I'm gonna go Virginia Tech. Okay. All right. We'll we'll wait and see. Again, that's a nooner on Saturday. We got a great slate of games this weekend, buddy. Yeah, it's a good uh, week. Uh also in a nooner you've got Missouri at LSU. Meh LSU by a million um, Texas versus Oklahoma and what we're going to start calling the pillow fight bowl, uh, <laughs> instead of the red river showdown, because this is not going to be fun to watch. I don't think obviously it's a rivalry game, so it's always going to be fun, but I don't, this game just doesn't matter. We were so close to this being a game between a one and two Texas and a one and two Oklahoma. It's Very two and close. one Texas. It should be a one and two Texas. Very close to that. You're right. Um, but I still like Oklahoma in it. I do too. I do too. I think uh, even though Spencer Rattler has been, if you're wondering why we say it's so weird, it's because every time Brick has called me and I've talked to him about Spencer Rattler for the past, oh, look, there we go. I did it perfectly that time. For the past like three weeks, I cannot say his name normally. I have to say Rattler and I don't know why. I don't know why. It's Rattler. Spencer Rattler. Anyway, I think he's been the more impressive quarterback out of the two. And I think if you're uh, if you're Sam Ellinger, that should really hurt your feelings because I know you're listening to this podcast right now. But you've been awful. You've been you've looked worse than a redshirt freshman in a complicated offense. Wow, go in. I will because I no, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of uh, Austin, Texas, Sam Darnold. I'm tired of it. They're the same person except he's just worse. Anyway. I'm going to take Oklahoma by 10 here. You know, Sam Darnold actually could be a good Don't quarterback if he wasn't playing for Adam Gase. If he wasn't playing for Adam Gase, he actually could. He has. He's, he's, he could be a good quarterback if he the, wasn't the a victim of the Jets. The standard for quarterback at the New York Jets organization is who? It's Joe Namath, right? Joe Namath. Joe Namath. That is their benchmark. That is the guy that you should achieve. So you go out and you get Sam Darnold? Sorry. Good in college. Stop it. Stop it. I refuse to hear this. I refuse to hear this. He was good in college because they threw 68 times a game. And he completed most of them. And then he went and played for Adam Gase, the worst offensive coach in the NFL. I I, I could go in. I mean, Adam Gase. Look, okay. No, 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 no. All right. So Adam Gase inherits Ryan Tannehill and runs the guy into the ground in Miami. Into the ground. The moment Ryan Tannehill gets away from Adam Gase, what does he do? He goes to the AFC Championship game. And I know he wasn't, you know, an MVP, but the the difference between what he's been on the Titans and what he was on the Dolphins is night and day. Again, no, he's not a top 10 guy. He's top 15, and he's played well enough to almost go to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying it's... Darnold is, 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 is a... Is a classic case he's a a victim of the the worst coaching in the nfl that's all i'm saying sam darnold's overrated and i don't think he should be a starting quarterback for the new york jets right now i will not budge on this i will die on this hill i will not budge on this uh okay let's move on we're gonna we're gonna do some rapid fire games right now uh texas tech at iowa state who you got 
Uh, Texas Tech, Iowa State. Uh, give me a, give me a, the Cyclones. I'll take the Cyclones by seven. I think it's going to be a more close game than we think, but I still think Iowa State gets it done. Uh, Arkansas at Auburn. I'm going to stick with Auburn. Pittsburgh at BC. I'm going to take Auburn as well in that game. Mm, give me Kenny. Uh, give me give, give me Kenny Pickett and and, and Pitt. Yes, long live Pitt. Charging of the Death Star has commenced. Uh, Miami at Clemson. We're going to wait on Florida State at Notre Dame. That's got to be Notre Dame, right? Notre Dame's going to boat race them. I I mean, Florida State is bad. Oh, it's so bad there. You know what I think Florida State should do? I think they should fire their coach. Uh, (laughs) They they absolutely can't. They're still paying Willie Taggart out the butt. They really are. Which is, I'm sorry, that's so funny to me. How did you mess up that bat? Anyway, uh, Mississippi State at Kentucky. Uh, whew. Give me Mississippi State. I'll take Mississippi State because I know Kentucky's pass defense was atrocious last week. Uh, so I'm going to take Mississippi State in a big one there. I'll take them by 14 in that game. Uh, even though it's on the road, I still think they're, Kentu- they're... Kentucky's favored by two. I know. And that's, yeah. But yeah. I'm still uh, going, I'm going Starkville. Yeah, I am too. I am too. All right. Uh, let's get into some games we can talk a little bit about. Uh, Tennessee at Georgia. A lot of people are saying that Tennessee's got a, a whole head of steam. I, I don't really buy it. I'm going to go ahead and pick Georgia here by 14. Yeah, I, I mean, they've had a good start to the year. My problem here is Tennessee still is starting Garrett, Garantano. That's still their guy. And I know Stetson Bennett doesn't really strike fear into anybody either, but Georgia's got probably the best defense in the SEC. And um, and I just don't know that Garantano's going to go out there and, and, and best that defense in Athens. He could keep it close for two or three quarters. Right. I could see that happening. Right. I just don't think that Tennessee's got the horses, especially at the skill positions, to really strike any kind of fear into Georgia. Right. I would, I would, you know what? I think Stetson Bennett could start for the New York Jets. Sorry, no, I'm just you would. Be... Are you saying you would start Joe Flacco over Sam Darnold? Yes, a hundred percent. Joe Flacco has been to a Super Bowl. <laughs> All right, that's fine. I'm sorry, I don't believe in Sam Darnold. It's, I, he's, a, it's okay. He's he's a more durable Greg McElroy. Oh, I no longer believe in Sam Darnold because his first three or four years in the league were were thrown in the trash by by who he played under, but. Yes. You see that happen all the time. It happened to guys that I thought would be good, like Jake Locker. Yes, and, and USC quarterbacks always succeed with the New York Jets. Just ask Mark Sanchez. Just ask Mark Sanchez, yeah. Uh, Miami at Clemson. Brick, what odds are you giving Miami? What percentage odds would you give Miami to pull off this upset? 12%. <laughs> the U is back, question mark? Actually, if you click on the matchup screen in ESPN... They give Miami 14% chance to win. So I'm right on it. You should go work at ESPN then. That's what I that don't I just it's not it's not happening. It's no. just not happening. Nobody's no, beating nobody's beating Clemson until the playoff. It's just I've never been more confident saying that about a team in the regular season. Derek King is not uh he's good. He's good. He needs more pieces around him. Now, I think Miami's headed in a more positive direction than they have been in the past 5 years. I think without Derek King, that conversation changes drastically. I don't think they're a top 10 team. Uh, I, I think Clemson could could really give them all that they could handle this week uh, and and a lot more. I'm going to take Clemson by, I'll take Clemson by 17. Um, and here's why. 
Clemson also played pretty poorly last week against Virginia. I don't know if I've mentioned that already on this podcast. Clemson doesn't like playing poorly. You can just go ahead and uh, look back at whoever they... I can't even remember who they played. That's that that hard-hitting stuff. I I can't tell you who they played after the North Carolina game last year. They dismantled them. It was an absolute slaughter. I'm going to take Clemson by 17 here. Uh, yeah, I would take Clemson by more. Here's a, at, at best to me, at best to me, Miami's a one-year lightning in a bottle team. Ooh. I don't, th- I, I don't think that. Uh, 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 who's who's their head coach? Uh, Manny. Yes, Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz. I, I don't think he's a, he's a great head coach, and I think that you know they've got a good defense. Their best defender actually isn't even playing this year. Uh, he opted out and this was supposed to be a top 10 pick. But I think they're, you know, a couple years ago, they were a one-year lightning in a bottle. Remember, they were undefeated going into the final week of the season and dropped their last three. Mm. Um, they, they lost to Pitt, then they lost to Clemson, then they lost their bowl game. Uh, yep. I, I don't see Miami as being back. I see them as winning a good bit of games this year because they got a dynamic quarterback. And then the next year, they're right back to who? Nikosi Perry? Yeah, that's I, I I mean I'm trying to think who they're I I know Perry took some snaps against FSU when they were way up there I think that's Tate Martell. Tathan no Tathan's transferring. Is he gone? Tathan is uh, gone. So, I mean then it's then it's Perry and I can't even I can't tell you. Um, by the way the the game that I was thinking of last year uh Clemson played Florida State the next week and won forty five fourteen I'm pretty sure Florida State scored those fourteen in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's what that's I, I I'm gonna take Clemson by 17 here. I don't really give I'll give Miami a 10 percent chance to win this game. Um, all right, and lastly, let's see, wasn't there another game I wanted to talk about? No, I think that may be it. Uh, hey. yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's all we wanted to talk about. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we we did this thing today on Twitter where we had a bunch of people kind of ask us a few questions. Um, and I I didn't really think it was gonna take off, but but there you guys are. There you guys are, uh, Brick. Let's 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 get to some of these questions, shall we? On Twitter, let's do uh, it. Let's let's ask our uh, our social media intern Skyler uh, to go ahead and pull that up for us. Skyler is still going unpaid on, uh, on 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 three years, three years unpaid. But you know what? She's she's got a good attitude, and we're going to keep her around. She knows she how gets to work paid. The keyboard. She gets paid in snacks. My wife asked, "Quote: Is the dynasty dead?" Yes. I don't know what dynasty she's talking yes, about. Yes, it's dead. And uh, what college football player has the best name? Uh, okay, Bumper Pool at Arkansas is the answer there. I will take Bumper Pool. I will take Storm Duck. Uh, even though Ooh, he goes to one. Auburn, I like uh, Tank Bigsby. Um, Auburn's got three really strong contenders here. Tank Bigsby, Big Cat Bryant, and Smoke Monday. Uh, yes, there's also, uh, oh gosh, there's a, oh, is it Devious Diablo? What's, yes, uh, no, what is, what's his name? It's something Diablo over at Virginia Tech. Give me one sec. Um, Divine Diablo, that's what it was. Divine Diablo, that's on the all-name team for sure. But yeah, I think Bumper Pool is a pretty good one, especially since Bumper Pool is actually very fun. Have you ever played it? Uh, no. I, I know this sounds like a bit. I'm not doing a bit. I did not know Bumper Pool was actually a thing until uh, my bachelor party last year, actually, uh, when the house that we rented had one, and my brother and I played it for about an hour and a half, and I'm not oh. joking at all. Um yeah, Dynasty's dead though. I don't know what Dynasty she's referring to. Um, I'm gonna answer in the uh, in the Ming Dynasty. They're done. They've been done for a long time. Um, I'm gonna told- say our 
our online dynasty that we were playing because we haven't touched it in over a year now. That, that's that dead too. Be, that seems to be that's pretty dead. That's dead too. Yeah, that's pretty. If we ever do pick dead. it back up, it's going to be a new one. Yeah. Uh, we we also had another question. Uh, this is actually a good question. National championship pick: Alabama or the rest of the field? When you put it that way, I'm always going to go rest of the field because Clemson and Ohio State, to me, if you ask me today, are better teams. I'll take I'll take rest of the field as well, but that's just because anytime someone offers you rest of the field, you have to take rest of the field. Okay, well then I'll ask you this: Do you think Alabama is the best team in college football right now? Not right now. No. Do I think that they can get that way? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, once I once think, you get Nick Saban to a playoff, he can he can pull something off. I but. I think that. Alabama has the youngest and deepest team in the country. And I want to be very, very clear in that, uh, in that statement that I am saying youngest and deepest. They don't have the youngest. They don't have the deepest. Youngest and deepest. Yeah, they do. And I, I think Alabama's got a very good shot of winning the national title this year. I'm still going to take rest of the field because that's just your best bet you can make. Um, last question we received was from a British guy I work with named Nick Baven. And Nick Baven thinks that he's going to try and stunt on Pat's interference and try and get us to talk about the English Premier League. English Premier League winners given last week's crazy set of results. Okay, you don't think I'm about to go in on this, Baven? You serious? You think I'm not about to talk about Tottenham scoring six on Manchester United? You think I'm not going to talk about Aston Villa scoring seven on the defending champion Liverpool? You really don't think I'm going to do that? You're right. I'm not going to do that because that's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about good sports. I am. Go for Uh, it. I think the team that's going to win the EPL has to be the Tottenham Hotspur. (laughs) I know. I know you don't know this. That's actually his team. Like that's that's his baby. He cares about them as much as we care about Alabama. Well, I'm a diehard Liverpool fan, but I just don't feel really good (laughs) in the repeat. Um, I hate Arsenal. I hate Chelsea, and I hate both Manchester's. We all do. Everyone so if does. I can't go with Liverpool, I have to go with my second favorite, and that's the Hotspur. And actually, they might be my favorite because I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan in basketball. So I just switched who my favorite team is now. Because if really... there's anything that's as cool as the San Antonio Spurs, it's the Hotspur. All I can imagine now is Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, and Tim Duncan playing soccer together. And so it's me, and, just... me and Nick are pals now. I think I think that's uh, I think I'm gonna get a Hotspur jersey. You should. What what player do you think you're gonna get? Um. Uh, Jeff Jefferson, Jeff, Jordan Jefferson. Yeah. Went from LSU um, to, to Tottenham. Uh, Hey, so another thing that I want to tease right now, um, last year we had talked I'm about gonna tweet him right now. You should, uh, last year we talked about, um, changing up the, uh, the format of the sweetheart bowl. We are doing that. Um, we're not going to release who the sweetheart bowl is until probably two weeks before or a week before, uh, that game is played. Brick and I have narrowed it down between two games that we're going to try and watch together and live stream. Uh, still on the hunt to get a trophy. If you want to donate to the Pats Interference Sweetheart Bowl Trophy Fund, uh, you can just uh, text or email one of us. You can email us at patsinterference at gmail.com to get our Venmo, and then you can just Venmo us, and then we'll just go ahead and take care of that trophy and engraving it. I know it sounds like yes. I'm joking right now. I'm not joking. If people yes, want to I'm donate su- us money, I'm super comfortable asking people to donate money yeah. for a, for a trophy for, in for a trophy during COVID after the, 2020. After everything that's happened to the world, use your hard-earned cash to help us get a trophy. Look, we had to lay off a bunch of interns this year. I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it. 
I mean, pass interference had to. We, we can't even work in our in our little uh, our little workspace anymore. With the, with Let's the go. beanbags, you know, we're, we're done. Uh, okay, I think that's it, right? I think that's all we need to talk about. Sweetheart Bowl's coming up. That's all you need to know. That is all we need to talk about. Thank you, right. everybody, so much for listening to this. Everybody, th- if you made it this far, thank you. at least. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, if you're if you haven't just pulled your ears off yet, uh, we're gonna do another episode next week, probably. Probably. I mean, if you want to listen to it, connect with us on social. Let us know you listened. Like, share, follow, comment, smash that like button, hit that subscribe button, leave hit a comment. That MF like button, baby. All right. If you up right now. Also, that was just a really beautiful moment. What uh, was? That live on this podcast, we chose my favorite English Premier League team. Now, I'm really happy for you. That's a big deal. Because I'm in it now. Because when they cancel college football season early, that's what we're going to have to watch. Yes, sir. We'll, we'll become an EPL podcast. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Couldn't do it without you. Nothing like doing a podcast with my best friend in the whole world.